Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. So this week we are thinking about relational well-being. We're week five of our well-being series. And hasn't it been great to be uh, thinking about all these different aspects of our well-being uh, together as, as a family together this, uh, during this season? As I began to prepare this, I must be honest, I couldn't quite imagine where to start because it's such a big subject area. Uh, I'm acutely aware that in 15 minutes, I can't do any sort of justice to relational well-being. And also, I think over the next seven days, as we're thinking about this in our connect groups, we've, we need to be mindful of the fact that this is a much bigger subject area. And so this morning, I'm not even going to try and do justice to it as a, as a, as a theme, but I am going to uh, hopefully give us a springboard from which we can think uh, about relational well-being, uh, develop our self-awareness on this really important aspect of our well-being, and deepen our understanding of it as well. In life, we experience so many different relationships, don't we? Uh, All have different dynamics and we play different roles in the different relationships that we have. So I'm a wife, I'm a mum, I'm a sister, I was a daughter, I'm a friend, a leader, a coach and so on and so on. We show up differently in each relationship. And we can't really touch the sides of that either uh, this morning or here. But the fact that some of our relationships are um, are perhaps not as healthy as they could be and perhaps distressed or broken is, is also something that we need to acknowledge this morning. So what we can explore, though, is some foundational ideas that will enhance any of our relationships, whatever the dynamics are in those relationships. So what are we going to be thinking about this morning? We're going to be thinking about what the Bible teaches us about relationships. We're going to be thinking about where we get our energy from when it comes to our relationships. We're going to be thinking about something called relational nutrients. And we're going to be thinking about what next from here. So by way of an introduction to this huge subject matter, uh, let's just start by reminding ourselves that we are created by a God of love, a God who desires relationship, a God whose character is defined by grace. God is a relational community, isn't he? Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And he, in his infinite wisdom, has hardwired us for connection and relationship. Right at the beginning of our human story in Genesis 2, verse 18, God says this, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper that is just right for him. This isn't about marriage. This is about relationship. It's about others uh, and it's about relationships in general. Our brains are designed for relationships. And indeed, research has shown that uh, the factors distinguishing the happiest 10% of people from everyone else is the strength of their social relationships. 
And throughout this pandemic, we've seen, haven't we, how for so many, relationship has been strained or isolation has caused such an increase in mental ill health. And so that just goes to demonstrate how important relationship is for us as human beings. God knows we need each other to thrive. And he's designed us that way and provided for us. Relationships really do matter. So what does the Bible teach us about relationships? Throughout this series, we've been focusing a little on the life of Elijah. And we get to the part in 1 Kings 19 where he is pretty broken, to be honest. He's exhausted, he's running scared, and he finds himself alone. In 1 Kings 19, verses 9 to 10, it reads like this. The Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. At his point of greatest need, he was burnt out, broken and exhausted. He sacks his servant. At the point he most needed a trusted friend, he has no one. And it's not uncommon for relationships to fail when a person is broken. Our ability to connect with others can become compromised. Extreme stress and anxiety is a huge pressure and it can become easier to retreat than to relate. Elijah's experience is an incredibly human one. Yet, I love the way the Lord asks him the question, not once, but twice. What are you doing here, Elijah? And both times, Elijah tells him exactly the same thing, that he's the only one left. What happens next illustrates beautifully how God knows and understands the importance of human connection for us. The Lord sends Elijah back the way he came and sends him to find Elisha, who became his companion, his mentee and his successor. Dr John Townsend, a relational psychologist, referenced in this week's reading. So as you go through this week in the well-being studies, the daily readings, you'll come across his work. He talks about where we get our energy from. And he talks about the fact that we need both vertical and horizontal energy. So our vertical energy comes from God, from our prayer life, from uh, the Holy Spirit living in us, uh, from relationship with God. But we also need horizontal energy and we also need other people. So our horizontal energy we get from those around us. We get that from each other. That's our horizontal energy. The Bible is clear, we need others, we need relationship, we need human connection. As I referenced earlier, Genesis 2 says how God says it's not good for man to be alone and he created Eve to be Adam's helper. Ecclesiastes 4, just go away and read that. It's phenomenal, it's about relationship, meaning and the importance of others in our lives. 
We see in Matthew 26, the passion story, how Jesus asked for Peter, James and John to sit with him at his moment of deepest need. He needed human relationship in that moment. Paul in 2 Corinthians 7 talks about his struggles and how God sent Titus to comfort him. And I love this in 1 Peter 4 verse 10, it says this, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others through God's grace. And we transfer God's grace to each other in doing so. Relationship is key to our thriving and to us living out God's grace. Without relationship, I'm not sure how we do. It's the way we see God at work in our lives and through us, in the context of how we love God and how we love ourselves and how we love others. Relationships demand much of us and gives much to us. And relationships come in all different shapes and sizes, quite literally. And as we're so often acutely aware, they're not always positive. So what can we do to ensure relational well-being? And what even is relational well-being? Well, I think just at the start of this, it's important to say what relational well-being isn't. It's not about me solely. It's not self-centred, abusive, coercive or controlling. At the heart of relational well-being is love and grace. The importance of the other, our neighbour and their well-being. To help us in our thinking about this relational well-being, I'm using Dr John Townsend's work, which he calls relational nutrients. It's a simple model that I like and I think uh, is quite challenging as well. Well, I find it quite challenging, uh, but I think it will serve as a tool to help us in all our relational well-being. So relational well-being needs the right nutrients, just like physical well-being uh, does as well. These nutrients fuel us and help us to build resilience. The nutrients come from conversation, from being with others, from the energy that is generated when we are connecting with another person. We're hardwired for this, and it's as much about a physiological exchange as an emotional one. This isn't woo-woo stuff, this is neuroscience, okay? It's, it's proven that there's energy that flows between us. And neuroscientists have, have found that we need these positive connections in order to thrive. As a family, we've done enough fostering to know how overwhelming the impact of negative relationships can be on a child's development. It's so powerful that as humans, we can suffer something called secondary trauma when uh, negative relationships are ongoing or when the exchanges and the energy between, between humans is negative and destructive. And it can manifest itself in a physical way. I suffered with this secondary trauma with one of the foster children that we had, and I felt it physically in my arms. I, had to have, uh, I went to a clinical psychologist and they explained to me what was going on. It's, it's so powerful. This transference goes on from one person to another. 
So that's why it's so important that we think about what we put into our relationships, how we need to invest in those important relationships in order that our relationships are healthy. Relational well-being brings energy. It's powerful and it's created by God. He knew what he was doing. It's important to recognise in life that we will have uh, different levels of connection and relationships. Jesus did too. Uh, He had the three, his closest friends, Peter, James and John. He had the 12. He had the 72, the wider community that he was part of. And the crowds that followed him and and that he taught and engaged with. Jesus balanced the energy that he needed between all these different groups. He knew when he needed to withdraw or just have those that were closest to him, close to him. And the same is true for us. Jesus has set us a great example of the different levels of relationship that we need and how to manage that. So within those relationships, how do we help them to thrive? How do we grow? How do we best love others? So these relational nutrients, there are four of them for us this morning. Uh, and hopefully that will, it will be something that you can easily sort of take away and ponder over this week. And I think they, they are covered in the readings. The first of these relational nutrients is be present. Be present with one another. Just be there with the person in their area of challenge, in their place of need. Give them your time. Listen, just listen. How hard is that? Job, in the story of Job, his friends, when he was in distress, they just sat with him seven days, seven nights. They didn't say anything. They were just there. This is going to come as a shock to some of us. But do you know what? We can't always fix people and we don't need to try. Instead, be prepared to jump in the well with them and hold them. Be present. Romans 15.1 talks about accepting one another, doesn't it? Just accept the person where they're at, at that moment. 2 Corinthians 1 says he comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. We may need to be asking ourselves who we need in our well, who we need to be present with us right now. Who am I inviting in to my well? I've got challenges, maybe they're health challenges, financial challenges, relationship challenges, work challenges, things going on in my head. Who is in the well with me? Who is just with me? It's hard to ask, isn't it? But experience and research shows that when we do ask, friends and family are only too happy to jump in that well with us. And they see it as a privilege to be there in that moment with us. You know, Jesus, again, is the perfect example. In John 1.14, it says, Jesus came full of grace and truth. This is really important. We have to earn the right to bring the truth into a situation by giving grace. Earn the right to give advice. Earn the right to be in relationship by first showing God's grace. Get in the well with people. The second nutrient is provide the good. Tell someone they're okay. Encourage, affirm, respect others. 
Say what you see. If you see something good, if you see somebody doing something good, say it. Reflect it back to them. Provide the good in that situation, in our relationships. And in that, we have to be prepared to offer forgiveness as well, don't we, when things aren't always going well. And also, let's celebrate with others. We all need that kind of encouragement and affirmation in our relationships and if they're going to thrive. The third thing, be real. We all need those that are prepared to tell us when we're making a pig's ear of something, don't we? Those that are going to tell us the truth, but they're doing it in love. They're doing it because they love us. And we only get the privilege of doing that for others because of the way we love them. Those who give us the honest feedback, those uh, who bring clarity, who perhaps help us to find order in our chaos, those that can bring a different perspective to our circumstance, our situation, to what it is that's going on. We need those smart, intuitive people who are bringing wisdom and perception into our lives. And we might need to be that for someone else in our lives. And the fourth nutrient, the fourth important aspect uh, is that we challenge and or give wise counsel. Do you know, we don't change until we behave. So we can't just think or feel something. We've got to do something too. Again, neuroscience says if we don't act on something good or helpful that you hear within, uh, within seven days, in 90 days, we will have forgotten 85% of what we've heard. Well, in my case, probably 100%. But we have to do something to help it stay in our heads. So perhaps you're the friend, the teammate, the partner who needs to bring wise counsel or challenge to another person. Perhaps you need to be challenged. Who do you need in that with you? Who do you trust and respect enough to ask to be the challenger in your life? Who have you built relationship with that can do this for you? Investing in our relationships is vital for our health and well-being. It's where we get this horizontal energy from. We don't need lots of close friends, do we? As we get older, we realise we don't need lots of close friends. We might only need three. But it's about the quality of relationships in our lives and what the nutrient levels are like and who we are for the other, for the other person. So as I wrap this up today, I want us just to think about who do you need and who do you need to be for someone else? Where does that horizontal energy come from? Who's your Elisha and who do you need to be Elisha for? How can you love someone and provide uh, one of those nutrients for them this week. Perhaps you just need to be without trying to fix. Perhaps you need to challenge. But remember, you have to earn the trust in order to do that if our relationships are going to thrive. Jesus teaches us, doesn't he, that grace comes first. 
Who do you need to get in the well with? Perhaps you're listening to this and thinking, well, I have a crowd, but I don't have three. Perhaps you're feeling drained by your relationships and not energised. This morning, take that to God. Take that to God and ask him to give you renewed energy and someone that brings you life. It's okay to ask. And finally, if you're listening to this and you are in relational distress and you need to talk to somebody, please do. Please find someone that you trust that you can talk to about that. If you don't think you have that person, then you can contact one of the pastoral team here at Freedom Church, uh, your connect group leader, or one of us on the leadership team. We can be present with you. And if necessary and appropriate, we can signpost you to the right support. Relational well-being. Be present. Provide the good. Be real. Challenge. Give wise counsel. And as 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others through God's grace. Because as we do this, we transfer God's grace to each other. If you're watching this online, you can click on the respond button to get, uh, to get more help or to talk to somebody if, if you would like to. If you're in the venues, then can I encourage you, if any of this has stirred something up for you, or if you just want to uh, pray it through with someone, then please do that. Don't leave today without doing that. Relational well-being is key to our thriving. And God knows uh, he designed it that way. It's so important that we are connecting with one another and that we have those good relationships in our lives. God bless you this week. Have a great week. Thank you. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.